May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning to all of you. Good morning to all of you online. Wanted to start us off in a place I love, my kitchen. And up in my kitchen, in my home, got to give all the credit to my wife, being the very creative graphic artist that she is. There are three pictures to which it's just fun for me to come in in the morning and make coffee and have breakfast. So I want you to get that, that, that mental picture in your head of three pictures. The first picture frame has, and, and this is what I'm talking about, that creativity, it's got a cheese grater. And it actually says in words underneath that, that graphic, be grateful. So it's a very, very fun little creative thing. The second, the second picture frame, right next to the first, it's a, a bread roller. And it actually says, just roll with it. And it, so it's a pretty, pretty neat little thing. And the last one is a, a whisk that you make eggs or something with. with and un, underneath it, it says, whip it, whip it good. And so, you know... It's, it's just fun, and it's it light and airy to come into our kitchen. But I want you to take that mental image I just gave you. Three picture frames, but erase all the words in all the little pictures I just told you about. But keep that mental image, three pictures. And I want you to put in the first one just the word chosen. In the second picture frame, I want you to put the word in your mind, re- rescued, And then in the third, marked. Chosen, rescued, and marked. Now, we're going to look at a very complex piece of scripture that you heard in Ephesians. And and actually, over the next several Sundays, we're going to be in the lectionary readings of Ephesians, just kind of dissecting the little different parts of the letter that that the lectionary allows us to do. But today we have verses 3 through 14 of chapter 1. And if we have in our language, which helps us a lot, Whenever we get to the end of a sentence or thought, we have a period. But if you read in Ephesians or if you reread, you will see that, or or in the original language that Paul put that in, in the Greek, it is actually one really big run-on sentence. And if you, it's as if he, if he was speaking it, Paul had so much to say and kind of giving us an idea of what the rest of Ephesians in that letter would be about. He took a big, deep breath and just went and kind of just let it all go. One big run on sentence. And in what we see today, he is presenting some of the deepest and, and just uh, heavy uh, meaning, theological meaning to what he is trying to get across. And the words that he penned in what we read in the text today have been argued by scholars and theologians for centuries over w- what he was trying to say and what he meant. So rather than get bogged down in that cen- centuries, even to this day, argument that goes on, I wanted to give us those three Picture frame words in our minds to help us get to what Paul is trying to say to us. Chosen, rescued, and marked. 
But before we get into what each of those three mean for us, there's one other glaring thing in the text that Paul really wants us to see. And you can go back and reread it. In the entire thing, it is about relationship with God. And because of that relationship, the spiritual blessings that are lavished on us. You can go and you see nine times in that whole run-on sentence, it says, in him or in God or in the one. That three different ways, basically saying in relationship with God, that all these spiritual blessings come to us. And from that relationship with God, we are going to look at what it means, those three pictures, to be chosen, to be rescued, and to be marked. So first, let's consider chosen. What does that actually mean? As we hear in the text that before the creation of the world and the foundation of the world, that God chose those that would follow him and that they would be spotless and blameless in his sight and set apart to be holy just as God is. See, we're starting to get into some of that depth of the theological meaning. And from there, he goes on to to tell us about adoptions, that all those that believe in God are adopted as sons and daughters and heirs into his kingdom. It was one uh, commentator that I would read that actually presented something that, that even let me have a deeper understanding of what adoption with God and being chosen by God means. Now, in our culture, we know what adoption is. And if you are, have been adopted in any form or fashion, you know what it means in our culture. But in the time that Paul was writing, in the ancient times, there was another perspective of what adoption meant. And I think he used it to deepen this, this argument that he, that he writes. Now, in that day and age, there were slaves and servants. And it was very important for a family, a husband and a wife, to have kids to pass on the inheritance to. But when that wouldn't happen, in whatever case, if there weren't kids, oftentimes if there was a faithful servant, you would see the the father and and the mother come and recognizing they can't pass on their inheritance to any children. They would often say to that servant, you are no longer a servant and you are no longer in bondage to us. But now we recognize you as part of the family and we give you our full inheritance. That's as it is for us. Being chosen, we are no longer left in bondage and being adopted sons and daughters and heirs of the kingdom of God that our names were recognized before the foundations of the earth. This is what it means to be adopted into the family of God and to be chosen by God. But we would realize along the line, all the way from Adam and Eve, why we needed to be that that second picture frame rescued. Now we, being adopted into God, and not just Adam and Eve, but all of us are guilty of this, would walk away from, from that role of being in the family of God and say, we can do it on our own. Brokenness and sin and all of that. And you see, to be chosen by God, there needed to be a debt paid and a sacrifice made for that sin to be wiped out. And so that's what we hear in the text that Paul is bringing before us, the the plight of the human condition. 
being stuck in sin and brokenness and not being able in our own power to get out of it. And yet God stepped into flesh and by his blood on the cross and by his resurrection and his grace lavished upon us, he became that penalty for us all. He died that death that we could not die, and we were rescued from the bondage of brokenness and sin. That takes us to our third and final picture frame, and that, as we hear in the text, we are marked or sealed by the Holy Spirit. If you've ever been to a baptism service or baptized yourself, you realize those words that we say there as we put pour water upon the head of the one being baptized as well as anoint with oil, we say you are being marked and sealed by the Holy Spirit forever. Going back to some of what, what Paul may have been thinking and why he used those words marked and sealed is if you, back in ancient times when he was writing, if you had a great possession that you wanted to keep other people from taking from you, you didn't have time capsules or safety lock boxes or anything like that. But what they did have in Paul's time, you could get a box. You could put that item or, or of great possession uh, of great wealth or whatever it was inside that box, and then you would line it with wax, a very hard wax that would completely protect and secure what is inside, not to be opened until the time was right. See, this is Paul, what, what he was thinking as he says, you are marked and you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. It would be something for us. That as we're walking through each day of our spiritual life and journey, that we have the promise of the Holy Spirit on our hearts and in our baptisms. And when we are reminded, when things are going really well, when the grace of God is, is upon us and, and we're just, life is going really good, we, it, that being marked by the Holy Spirit lets us give the praise to God for that. But then we are also given those times when life gets really tough those seasons of life, and that mark of the Holy Spirit lets us know God is with us through it all. And his grace pulls us through the hardest of situations. And, it, and it's also a deposit of what will come. When God will come back and either take us home to him individually whenever that time comes, or if he comes back to take us all home. Whichever comes first, the mark of the Holy Spirit is a deposit and a reminder of the hope of heaven. That one day we will, be, we will be with God in the place where he is and be fully redeemed and see God in his full glory. That is the reminder of the mark of the Holy Spirit. Now as a preacher, oftentimes you hear me make that, that reference to when life is really good and when we go through really hard things. And sometimes that's just me talking with words and kind of wondering what's, what's coming down the pike. Well, this week, this past week on Wednesday night, I had one of those situations arise, arise where I tasted walking through the valley of, of the shadow of death when the brokenness of this life just fully was right there in an unexpected way. The end of that five o'clock had come up on the clock and it was Wednesday night and it was quitting time. And I had in my voice, it's not just five o'clock somewhere, it's five o'clock here. And I'm ready to go home and relax after a good but long day. It was the day Elsa was coming and we were all wondering what was going on. 
Well, as I would get out in the parking lot to my truck, I happened to come upon a woman that was in her car and that had taken her own life. And as the shock and the emotion of what I discovered hit me, I felt my own weakness. And I would think in my head, who, who am I in the wake of such tragedy that it has just, who, who am I to, to have anything to say or any comfort to offer? That's when the three words, as they were fresh in my head, would come upon me. In that shock and knowing my own weakness all too well, I was reminded that I am chosen, that I am rescued and that the mark of the Holy Spirit is the banner that I am sealed and I am secure and God can use weakness for his glory in the midst of even such a tragedy such as that. I would pray as you hear this in the words of Paul that you would remember through the ups and downs of life, however you arrived here today, that each of us, as you are here this morning, you are chosen that you are rescued, and that the Holy Spirit has marked you, secured you, and sealed you as Christ's own forever. And it's a bond that can never be broken as you are his children. Full heirs, sons and daughters of the kingdom of God. May you be blessed by these spiritual blessings that continue to come down by our relationship with God. Amen.